0: You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vincent Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello and welcome to the comic book Inform podcast. This is Roger coming to you on Wednesday the 10th of October and with me same as usual we have Mr. I have forgotten what is quite likely the most important Marvel event comic book
1: of the year now granted Marvel hasn't set that bar very high but it's true Listen, when I'm looking through my weekly new release list I just mentally skip over anything that starts with Marvel because it's always reprints so I mentally skipped over that one without even paying attention excuses i'm sorry it, I, Absolutely, I, I, it's inexcusable i totally agree
0: it, yeah but no, but it's not. balanced
1: out with some great news okay and that is dan slot's not leaving spider-man oh he's not i didn't hear that they just announced today superior oh. spider-man with him ramos uh basically the entire crew from amazing spidey is gonna stay together for marvel now
0: oh dude that gives me a happy right here and I'm i, to I don't want to
1: know where you're pointing <laughs>
0: Of the belt line that is awesome because i'm i'm not gonna lie to you you gotta wonder if they actually made him (laughs) it's like sorry sorry dan (laughs) we're not hiring you on anything else unless you stay on this he's
1: been saying for years spider-man was his dream job and he never wants to write another marvel character cannot be happy enough to hear that because, oh wow, I was really worried. Because
0: ironically, I'd been reading a couple of other spider some granted some of them were more classic stuff and whatnot, but i have been reading some and and it was like one of those oh, why can't everybody write Spidey as good as Dan does? Honestly, I know he sets the bar high, but still, if you're going to put out a Spidey and it's somebody else who doesn't write nearly as good, screw them. Just, just scratch out their name. Get Dan to write it. I'm sure he has some time. Um, no, he doesn't. Come, Have
1: you ever read his Twitter?
0: <laughs> no. I, <laughs> um just a little bit of news too and just to touch on ever so briefly vince and i are actually going to be starting on the grandal podcast and we're going to be recording next week but i don't know when it's actually going to be put out and we're going to be talking about pearl of pandaria which is the new hardcover uh, trade graphic novel that came out and i actually just got my copy today it's this freaking why couldn't they stick to a standard format it's a weird kind of oblong. I actually have a lot to say about the format. <laughs> yeah. um, and it's by uh, Nielsen and Galloway. And uh, of course, it's from World of Warcraft. Whether you play it or not, what I understand is this is fantastic in any case. And uh, I'm actually playing uh, Mists of Pandaria right now. And I've been playing it with my son and we've been so loving it. So being able to get into more of that backstory and the lore from there, I can't wait to read this. So as soon as we are, we have recorded and we find out when that's going to be airing, we'll let you guys know so that you can have a listen. I've actually been on his podcast before. He's a great guy, so I'm looking forward to this. I love how you
1: said we're starring instead of guesting. We are the stars! <laughs> we are who are important. Come on! <laughs> it's true. Um, not arguing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, your ego was already at that level. I had to kind of reach up to get that high. Okay, we're actually going to be covering a couple of quote-unquote events this week. In my opinion, I did this because a two of them happened to end approximately around the same time. And also because the way I looked at it is here's one that was done properly and here's one that failed miserably. So we're going to touch on them both. Of course, it makes sense that we talk about AVX now that it's done We'll kind of cover it and talk about what we liked, if there was anything, and obviously dislike. I have one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then the other one is Spider-Man. Now, some people will say, well, you can't really compare the two because one is this freaking opus it's huge epic story they tried to craft and the other one was a five-parter but you can it's an event that happened the scope of it doesn't matter the idea started in the same way it starts from an idea you work with that concept and then you grow it from there on and then we saw how with avx it was blown way out of proportion and created into something that was more than it should have been to begin with. And, and anyways, we'll we'll get more into that afterwards. Whereas again, with the Spider-Man, it was tight. It was well done. It was supremely well-written and you cared about the characters immensely. I mean, AVX and, oh, spoiler warning, folks. Okay. There's going to be spoilers here. If you haven't finished reading, I'm saying tough noogies. Um, And if we're spoiling
1: the story for you, instead of you reading it, you're welcome.
0: You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, when you're looking at AVX and you're looking at, we'll get into that in a little bit. Some of the major plot points that finally happen at the end and I don't care. I honestly, I, I can't be bothered to care that freaking Charles is dead. I'm like, I just want this done. And, and here's a character that I've cared immensely about over the years. Granted, I feel that a lot of his changes weren't necessarily well handled, but that's another matter altogether. But, and and here he is freaking killed off and I'm like man are we done yet seriously can this be done so and meanwhile spider-man like just him having a chat with aunt may I'm damn near tearing up <laughs> <laughs> so how will we tackle the big one of course first of all now it ended off now I don't know if you stopped at the actual avx12 or if you went on and read the Uncanny X-Men nineteen and then there was the AVX versus six, which oh I I haven't even
1: that. looked at the I read the first verses and went, yep, I never need to read this again.
0: Oh, okay. Well we'll
1: talk about that in a bit.
0: And then there was also it ended off with also the new Avengers number thirty, Avengers thirty, and then um
1: X-Men Legacy two seventy four. So I don't know if you could just I kind of caught a couple of those, I think. I know I read Uncanny and I read X-Men Legacy. I don't think I've caught any of the Avengers ones yet.
0: Okay.
1: Let's... Okay, we'll start off with... Right. Was, was the new Avengers the one with uh, Luke Cage? Yes. Okay, yeah, and I did mean, read that one.
0: Oh, hold on. Was that the one, or was uh Where they were, I were I escorting
1: believe... uh, Emma? Yes. Okay. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, yeah. I was... I mean, you're a much bigger Luke Cage fan than I am. Not that I have anything against him, but I always kind of found him not to be dynamic enough a character to really care about um, i can speak but what, to what did that you there. think well what,
1: what, what, what did you think about this issue uh for the new avengers because um i'm actually i don't want to say i'm a luke cage fan because you're like oh but uh you are i'm a i would go so far as to say fan boy i am a luke cage written by fan. brian bendis fan okay all right because when when Bendis first came to Marvel, uh, before Ultimate Spidey, or maybe right around the same time as Ultimate Spidey, uh, basically he was just known for powers at the time, and when he came to Marvel, he kept a lot of that, that kind of noir concept, and he was doing, uh, he did a miniseries called Cage, where basically Luke Cage hadn't been seen in the Marvel Universe, in, ever I mean, since he had the you know the, the tiara and the awesome '70s silk shirt. But uh, he you know, he brought Cage back in a big way. It was it was a very well written, very character focused series, which, as we've seen, is what Bendis does best. And then he spun that off into a miniseries called Alias with uh, Jessica Jones, where she was a private investigator and it had a very powers like feel to it, but exploring the Marvel universe instead of you know his own universe. And reading those comics where he developed the relationship between Luke and Jessica, I did really fall in love with those two characters as written by Bendis.
0: See, what I found is that, okay, when, when the character is, um, the, the stereotypical stoic kind of hero that is just there and acts tough periodically, it's like, well, that kind of hero is a dime a dozen. Um, and then when you see him in those moments where it's, the drama, and I'll say it, it's, it's well-written drama between, and what he has to deal with, with the wife and, and, and the, the child, and of course, and all that stuff, um, very well-written. However, that's rarely something that I'm actually ever compelled to read about. I'm already a husband and a (laughs) diet. I, to me, reading about that is not heroic and, and granted, yeah, they have to deal with a lot of crap that I don't have to, but still, it's not something that it's like, uh eh, i i it doesn't it doesn't do much for me I, and again i can appreciate that it's well written i can appreciate what he has to to go through when how how again well written it is but it's like eh, it's not it's not fun it's not dynamic it's not thrilling it's not exciting
1: yeah in your situation i would probably say the same because if it had been almost any other character going through the same drama i probably wouldn't have cared as much but i uh, i've i'm so attached to these characters over i mean almost a decade of following their relationship and their you know their life outside of their superheroing that it it is something that that i did connect with uh kind of like uh, in astonishing x-men uh when uh shadowcat and colossus finally got together after so many years because i had followed right. that relationship in the comics since they were both you know teenagers so you know finally i mean yeah 30 years later they're like 20 but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> but but finally seeing you know that relationship blossom and form it i if it had been characters that i didn't care about as much it wouldn't have had the same weight
0: okay so then what do you think about him leaving the x exp- or the uh, the avengers here
1: uh it's it's a strong move and it's kind of Bendis putting his stamp down because Bendis is leaving the Avengers as well. And, you know, it, it's, as far as I'm concerned, Luke Cage is now Bendis's character at this point. And nobody else has done anything even remotely as good with him. And so, unless somebody else wants to come in with, with another great idea for the character, I'm happy with him kind of going into the shadows, at least temporarily. I mean, he's a, he's a comic book character. He has to come back at some point, but, um, as Bendis moves away from the Avengers, I think it's kind of fitting that Cage moves away from the Avengers as well.
0: So, is there actually rumor anywhere that they're
1: they're obviously going to do something else with the character? What, I would I have, would have. have to. You heard? You haven't heard anything, though? Uh, I mean, they've been talking a lot about uh, Hickman's Avengers uh, this week because he's writing both Avengers and New Avengers in the Marvel now. And while Cage is not mentioned in anything they're talking about at this point, he remember, he did say there's going to be like 20 plus characters rotating in yeah. his cast. So who knows? Yeah. Or yeah. Cage could pop up almost. A, like I, I know they're keeping the, um, the Dark Avengers concept running, and he's been involved with that uh, written by Jeff Parker. So he might at least still stick around in that aspect. Okay. Did you
0: read the actual Avengers Thirty? And that was with uh, Hawkeye and Spider Woman there.
1: Uh, no. I think I looked at it and went, "That wasn't very interesting," and passed. Oh, it, it was.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I made a wise choice, didn't I? <laughs> See, this is one of those things where, again, <laughs> this, this, we talked about this before. This, this. The scope of AVX was so big that when you're looking at the tie in, there's issues where you know they kind of went, screw it, we're doing our own thing. (laughs) This, there, so like this, they they force it to tie in kind of thing. But even then, and this is speaking of Bendis, this is Bendis who wrote this. Um, and uh, and so it kind of like starts with the great big splash of what's going on in AVX, but it's like, meanwhile. In New York, at New York Harbor, this is happening. And,
1: it, and here's wait, this... Wait, 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 no. Go back to the giant guys made out of metal punching each other. <laughs> yeah, you've got, like, the again, a two-page spread here
0: where everybody's fighting Summers. And, uh, and, I, and I guess they realize, you know, dude with a freaking bow, he ain't going to do much damage. Let's send him somewhere else. And, of course, hey, go take your girlfriend with you. So, and all they do is freaking argue as they're fighting these guys and it's it's like it's not even the witty banter that you get from a spider-man kind of when they're talking throughout a fight no it's just kind of really lame teenage boyfriend girlfriend crap and it was like oh not good not good do we really need to have the hawkeye talk again oh yeah really this <sighs> was this this did not fit. And then as if that wasn't enough, apparently you what this this event has done is forced all of these characters to reevaluate their love lives. So <laughs> in X-Men Legacy 274, you've got Rogue and Magneto and it's that, well, what are we going to do now? I mean as they're they're saving people who are crushing under piles of rubble and stuff. And like it's entirely character driven, and it's all about you know where Rogue wants to go, and of course where Magneto would like to be. Um, and and it's 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 a decent story. However, at this point, uh, and I know you've never been a Rogue fan. I like. The I, more she's been you're... growing on me since Legacy. Uh, this won't help you then. <laughs> no,
1: no it I'm didn't. sorry. I'm... This one. <laughs> no.
0: Did you read it? Yeah okay so yeah this is crystal's gauge and um and it just made it it was it was like I mean try to find a page with um with like few word bubbles I mean this is this is just all it is is chatter back and forth back and forth and back and forth and it does kind of get to the point where it's melodrama and it's like nah
1: i really could care less i overall i was kind of okay with the issue like it was like oh it's fantastic but uh the, the like the monologue at the end from the dying guy just kind of put it over the top in a oh yeah form. really
0: that that was just and i and I, I get once again and i've got nothing against it they're 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 really pushing that we're going to be open about gay relationship so we're gonna it feels like it's being forced in too many times um again i don't have a problem with it I, I care less if it's two guys it just to me it feels like and maybe it's because i'm also seeing it in dc now in different points and it could also just be that we've rarely seen it before so now it's going to become more common if so fine i'm cool with that i don't know it just feels like it's it's more forced into a story and not just something that's there am i wrong in this case i really didn't it didn't and it didn't bother me. Yeah. It didn't phase me. No, it, it's just one of those. It just feels like once again they're trying to I, I just force I just think
1: it's something in. with the way things are going these days. You notice it when it, when it happens. Yeah. That, and that's not, that's not saying it's it's forced. You just culturally and it, it when when it is and put in, you go, "Hey, they, they did that." Now, you know, at times as at times as it feel forced? Yes. At times does it feel natural? Yes. But either way, it, you still notice it because it's such a hot button issue.
0: And for me, it doesn't, and it, and, and again, I, and I've said it before. I've got a sibling who's gay. I've got a sibling-in-law who's gay. Been around. It doesn't bother me in the least. It doesn't phase me. So I, I, I don't care. So, and that's why I think that I'm, I'm a good. I, I can gauge this fairly well in terms of if it's just there and it serves the story, or if it's there and it feels like it's okay. We're gonna make this guy
1: gay so that hey, we're touching on this topic, kind of thing. Like I'm just kind of. Looking through it right now, and I, oh, it, it's really not that important. Yeah, just it, what... it doesn't seem like he would be talking any differently if it was a, a standard relationship. So, right. I, as I said, it's just I it's just something we notice more now than we did we would have okay, previously.
0: Let's, let's tackle the we we've talked about what had been going on with um, the the actual official Avengers versus x-men um so let's actually talk about then the they don't even call it issue 12 it's round 12 let's get ready to rumble and so here we have of course what's been happening with um uh, they're, they're they keep trying to fight off scott they know they don't have the power to take him off by themselves they're trying to figure out something even iron man has added he can't think of any scientific way to do it so it's going to be a we need to find some sort of magical mystical way to do it and then they of course go to um the scarlet witch and and hope um <sighs> i got nothing <laughs> deep side <sigh. laughs> it's just one of those things where once again i was all right with hope when you saw her in like the early stuff and she had her team and all that and she was the spunky character that's st- stood up to scott and all that and it was like all right I I, I can dig this character, you know, it's that she's a feisty redhead, this is going to be fun. But when you're looking at the world is about to end and she's throwing a tantrum (laughs) against the Scarlet (laughs) Witch, and you're thinking man, you you're really writing down this character as a
1: complete airhead because it just That's not the way somebody who was raised by Cable would act in that situation.
0: So that there didn't help and then we've gotten to the point as well in this story where um it's so it's so fantastical at this point so unbelievable everything that's happening that when you're seeing scenes, <laughs> scenes like when Captain America's swinging his freaking shield at him. <laughs> yeah. That's going to do
1: something. Why don't you go sit back with freaking Hawkeye over there?
0: <laughs> you're useless in this
1: fight, buddy. Captain America <laughs> also threw a punch at Thanos. So, I mean, it's yeah. it's, it's a theme. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. What did you think about this issue overall? I I, I don't know if it's necessarily this issue overall, but, This is what really solidified it for me as a huge missed opportunity, and I'm kind of going to go off on a bit of a tangent here. Uh, Way back early on in this event, I was talking about uh, the New Avengers tie-ins where they were doing the uh, Iron Fist story. Did you get a chance to read those? Yes, where they were going back into the history of the Iron Fist, and yes. you know how the, the the mystics had sensed the coming of the Phoenix, and they they had, those were awesome. They, they had found the host and they trained the host to be the next Iron Fist. You know, prepared her to to accept the Phoenix and you know be able to to move on without it destroying Earth. And it would, that was should have been a really good plot point to build off of for what they were doing with Hope. And I thought that's what they were going when they brought her to Kunlun and they had her training with Iron Fist. I was like, awesome, they're going to do, you know, a similar thing. And somebody actually pointed out there's a lot of similarities, whether intentional or not, between the Phoenix and the Iron Fist. I mean, the standard costume for both for many years was green and gold. When Phoenix went Dark Phoenix. It was you know the dark red with the gold, and there was even an issue way back in the the 70s where Iron Fist was corrupted, and his his color scheme was red and gold. And then we saw when Iron Fist came back uh, in New Avengers when he came back from wherever dimensional plane he was, he had the new white costume, and both Hope here and Jean Grey when she finally you know, spiritually melded with the Phoenix, wear the white and gold costume. Now, whether that's intentional or not, it's definitely something to build off of for what could be an interesting story. And, like, the entire time I'm... Like, ever since they they established that Iron Fist connection, I was like, this is something they can build off of for an interesting story instead of just punching people. And I, I... though as as we got closer and closer to the end of the series without anything developing out of that i I got more and more disappointed because I was they were so close to something good, and they just either forgot about it or didn't realize it
0: well, see you and and you you hit the nail on the head there with me because okay i we haven't hidden our distaste of this entire event, and how ludicrous it has been at points and stupid and just ugh, nonsensical but here you have it at the end where scott has lost it killed his mentor because that was actually the issue before this not Xavier's that you know dead. it by reading the comic yeah. so yeah because it's all over <laughs> if
1: they had not no if, if they hadn't said oh my god charles is dead i kind of wouldn't have realized he was dead <laughs> like oh really he, he looked no different like than anybody else Cyclops had smacked down in that issue. Oh, well, see, that's where
0: we're getting into the art as well. You look at some of these issues and I don't know if it was, I think it was this one too. You look at the, they're getting their butts handed to them. Yeah, it is this issue, uh, ripped apart everything. And then some of the panels after she takes over, um, hope takes over Phoenix, everybody's costumes are shining. There's not a freaking rip-on anywhere. Dude's shield is, like, reflecting, like, freaking Lee Field lens flares. Like, everything's in perfect order. And meanwhile, they just, like, two pages ago, everybody's in tatters because they're getting whooped by Summers. So yeah, see,
1: that it, does make sense. That, that does bring one of my biggest issues with the, the event as a whole is there were so many people working on it. You had, what, five writers, Aaron, Bendis, Brubaker, Hickman, and Fraction, and then three primary artists with Mar- Ra- Ramita, Kuypel, and Kubert. So, it, and we've said this so many times, a comic always comes out better with a single creative team and here you don't just have rotating artists you have rotating writers as well and so the comic never had a singular voice and don't get me wrong like all of these guys I've loved almost everything they've written like the, the, it's not like they just got together a bunch of hacks these guys are legitimately good writers but none of them could apply their voice to the story it was you know you know too many cooks in the kitchen is, is what it came out to be. And the same thing with the art when so many different artists working on it at the same time, it, it had no feel to it. Like I, I perfectly understand why there's so many inconsistencies with the artwork, even within the same issues, because I'm sure these guys worked on everything completely out of order. So yeah. it, that, that on top of it, just not being that interesting to begin with really led to you know the cacophony of disaster that it came out to be. And and it is well, again when
0: okay, going back to to my point, it the, the the lead up to this this what is going to be this amazing climax where it looks like there's no physical force that can take him down. Now that would make sense. Okay, I, I He's that, the phoenix. Sitting, that's right. In my brain, okay, fine, I will suspend more disbelief here. He cannot be beat by a physical force. It's going to have to be something magical, which is what they start off with Tony talking about and all that. Okay, good. But <laughs> the final, and it's a strike against him. The one that causes the Phoenix force to go is a freaking <laughs> left jab by hope. Okay. like It's got this flaming, you know, follow through, but it's a punch by hope a teenage girl meanwhile with Wanda in the background with her fancy purple pink circles um but yeah it's a punch and it's like oh no really (laughs) like there's a this can't be it this this can't can't be it and then the actual resolution afterwards is pretty much exactly what i'd figured they were going to be doing Mm -hmm. absolutely no originality there whatsoever so like I I gotta say in all honesty though it was the ending it was the perfect ending for this series that I've had
1: no respect for throughout damn near all of it here's here's the best part of the ending though at the end you know Cyclops is in jail you know why does he need the ruby visor and the ruby mask (laughs) (laughs) you can never be too careful okay okay and he's in the ruby prison on top of it (laughs) yeah
0: the the stuff <laughs> but in the prison is is equally like as a you know after the fact the stuff in the prison was a- as if freaking Scott people don't hate him enough as is between this and what we saw of him in the actual mm-hmm. uncanny X-Men number nineteen, where he's actually cheering. At the end, he he killed Xavier and countless other people. <laughs> the world was falling apart thanks to him. And meanwhile, he walks into the sun doing an X with his wrist. And I'm thinking, oh, my God.
1: <laughs> oh, jeez. Anyway, Cyclops is now like the most hated man in the Marvel Universe. And, you know, this, the super villain. But stop for a second. He was right. <laughs> <laughs> this entire battle he was right the whole time. He had every right to 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 defend hope because it turns out he was right. So I shouldn't Wait, okay, what do you mean? What do you mean? This whole thing started because Cyclops believed hope was going to save the mutant race and Captain America and friends didn't want that. So yeah, he's the villain, but if they just kind of left things alone, everything would have turned out okay. <laughs> well, no, because the only reason why
0: the phoenix force was destroyed was because of the 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 all the bitter rivalry and the fighting and the this and that between her and wanda had she not gotten taken by or gone with the uh, the Avengers so that she'd have that time, not just for the training with Iron Fist and, and, and Spidey. The training with Spidey was the best. And also the interactions with Wanda. She wouldn't have had that. So she would have been on Utopia, have gotten this force in her and have wanted to do exactly what Scott and crew did, which she even says as much that she's going to do it right this time, which is exactly what they said as well. And then they got corrupted by it.
1: Eh, I I still like mine better because it makes the story even more ridiculous. Yeah, but mine is correct and you know it. (laughs) It's
0: (laughs) it's true. So, I mean, in this case, it's like, no, he wasn't right. And, And again, it's his actions after that just like they really are painting him as not just a villain, but quite clearly somebody who's lost his mind. Like this is no longer just scott being irrational and kind of out there no he's lost it completely but
1: the best the best because i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm I'm reading it right now (laughs) not not to argue with you but just how wanda even tells her that she was chosen to be the phoenix because she had the strength to, to to let it go she was chosen to be the phoenix before she went off yes, the X-Men. But
0: she wasn't going to, were it not for Wanda confronting him, but She her had that strength end, in her she... the
1: whole time. We don't know that. Cyclops was right. There's t-shirts. No, there isn't. are actual no. t-shirts. Cyclops no. is right. I, you, I no. Okay, one. listen, buddy. Listen, <laughs> buddy. <laughs>
0: ABX 12. We're gonna scan through to the end of it where not there. Back and back a little bit more. Where she is saying. I am the Phoenix. And then she's going off on that. She has all of this and that it was meant to be her destiny. And I can see why and where the others went wrong, where they faltered. I will not fail. I will be the white Phoenix. The whole point wasn't for her to be a Phoenix, but to get rid of the Phoenix. And that's where Wanda jumps in and says, that wasn't why you were chosen. Well, if Wanda hadn't been there there to tell her that she wouldn't, they wouldn't have gotten rid of
1: it. Uh, There's somebody else who could have made the same speech. There's a whole island full of characters. On Utopia? One of them could have figured it out. Highly unlikely. That's what (laughs) Magneto's there for.
0: You're really okay. (laughs) So, but again, going back
1: to my point (laughs) Can you tell I'm trying to derail this conversation as much as possible? We're
0: almost done because I just have to talk about this (laughs) one last thing. And that is this ridiculous... AVX versus thing that's been going on for six issues now and we mocked this before how it doesn't fit in with the continuity and everything like that Um, this here however basically they've tried to make it seem as if this was important obviously it is it's affecting canon in a huge way for Marvel right now and various series starting up ending you name it Um, so they've they've tried to give it this this weight and yet, this AVX versus has always been complete stupidity of a Capcom versus Marvel kind of thing. Um, but this here was so bad, and you had the Hope versus the Scarlet Witch. Granted, that one was not quite as bad. But then you've got the the Cyclops versus Captain America with this pencil sketches that was terrible and then the science battle which was utterly stupid and captain america versus havoc and hulk versus domino all of them and the butler jervis oh dear lord all of them were so stupid it came to the point where i thought they would have a scott versus xavier and (laughs) he kills off xavier at the end winner scott summers it was it made complete light of the entire event and and showed how utterly stupid the entire thing was
1: i do have to say i one of the like somebody posted it online the one that was of course written by jeff Loeb because it had to be the most terrible of the bunch uh i think arthur adams did the art the one that was hawkeye yes what god that that may be the single worst page of a comic i've seen this year i'm trying to find it now
0: okay yeah that's the one where he's fantasizing mm-hmm. about
1: Spider-Man for any number of reasons i think that's the worst yeah. page of a comic i've ever seen this year
0: yeah it, it was uh, <laughs> the whole thing the, this basically again wrapped up the entire event in my mind because it was it was this event has been stupid here you go this is we're gonna laugh at ourselves because we've got no choice to do right now everybody else is.
1: but you know you know who's laughing at the end scott because he created more x-men this has been by far the best selling event miniseries they've ever done
0: are you serious i kid
1: you not ever well i don't know about you can't compare today's numbers back to like secret wars and stuff like that but like i i think it, i think it's ac- either equaled or exceeded civil war and by far blown away everything in between that's that is because such a this is the stuff people buy ah uh. I'm I'm sorry, but that's a sad statement. This is the reason Deadpool <laughs> sells more comics than The Punisher, because this is the crap that people buy more often. Well,
0: all right, let's move on and just quickly touch on the other series that we did enjoy, that we did feel was well-written, well-conceived, well-put-together, made sense despite how out there it was made sense the characters stayed true to who they are there was continuity it was wonderful and that's spider-man now when when last we touched on this um what was the last one we talked about i know that i talked a little bit about i think you talked
1: about it with sarah yeah
0: so because the last one that i believe i talked about was when he was shooting the breeze with Miles and Gwen in, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. his old bedroom kind of thing, which was just a
1: fantastic which, issue. Which, as a counterpoint, may be the best single issue I've read this year. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Phenomenal.
0: And then after that, actually, I'll let you tackle it.
1: Go ahead. Um, yeah, so picking up there, uh, with, for those who aren't aware of the concept of Spider-Man, uh, through machinations of the ultimate version of Mysterio, Regular Marvel Universe, Peter Parker has ended up in the Ultimate Universe, where, of course, he finds out he's dead. (laughs) So it's a lot of great scenes uh, early on with him and Miles. And in issue three, I think it was, we're talking about here, he actually ends up with uh, going home to Aunt May. I think that's where issue three ended, and issue four was this great conversation. And it was just such a wonderful, you know just kind of a love letter to Spider-Man in general. Kind of like, I, I kind of got a lot of the same feelings as we were talking about Spider-Man Blue. How this is Pete actually seeing Gwen. You know, not his Gwen, but a version of Gwen. And all the great character bits, you know, Gwen wanting to know, you know, how she how she grew up in the regular universe. And he's like, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> he kind of glossed over that whole thing. You know, the stuff with Mary Jane, how they can't believe she became a supermodel. All the great moments with, Peter and Aunt May, you know, she's, of course, freaks out at first because, you know, it's Peter. (laughs) The Peter she knows is dead, but the way she comes to accept it and just this whole issue is so fantastic. And every bit of dialogue was so wonderful for all the characters.
0: It's true. The um, the 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 way that it was written uh... Again, it's one of those where you're, you're taking a, a concept that is just people sitting around talking, that could be, it it could be too monotonous. I mean, when you're when you're doing something like this in in a, a an action comic book, and yet because we care so much about the characters, because they've meant so much to us throughout the years, it, it all of a sudden grows in proportion, and you wish there had been more. I would have loved to have seen. So much more of him and Gwen just shooting the breeze and talking—that would have been awesome. But, but
1: even as it was, it was it was a, it was a good balance, and you really cared a lot. And then they, they just built on that, though, with uh, Peter and Miles, and even Nick Fury. The, the character development they gave Nick Fury and showing the amount of guilt he feels over letting his Peter die, and you know how he owes it to both, you know, our Peter and Miles to to do everything he can for those two characters they gave nick fury character development i think that's the first time that's happened in 60 years yeah really yeah i know he was great
0: and then the stuff with tony as well <laughs> tony when you're was seeing it, when you're <laughs> seeing them interacting and it's like yeah you're, my version of tony stopped drinking but uh but yeah i know the the stuff that he did with characters that could have been fairly bland otherwise because i mean nick fury really is fairly two-dimensional um but yeah no, it was
1: oh man literally because he can't see in three dimensions (laughs) (laughs) sorry i had to get that out of there you had
0: to yeah Yeah. okay
1: all right moving on to issue five uh uh, before oh yeah issue five okay Uh, we kind of transitioned into issue five anyway uh, but we finally had, you know, the great bit of, you know, them beating up Mysterio. And of course, how I, it was great that Miles was the one to finally, you know, bring him down for for good, you know, even escaping briefly into our universe. Great stuff there. But then you you have, of course, the goodbyes. And again, I love it. It's like I feel I should Pete. I feel I should say something profound with great power comes a great responsibility. Yep, that's all I got. <laughs> it shows, you know, all this great. We talk about this wonderful character development and all these heartfelt moments. But Bendis never forgot he's still writing Spider-Man. And you do have to have that that lighthearted tone to offset. The, the more serious stuff. And you know, then the other other advice, you know, don't don't ever let anybody make a clone of you and just run <laughs> through all the terrible things that have happened over the years. But and a, God, he killed me with that freaking cliffhanger at the end.
0: Yeah, see, that's one you're like, there has to be another Damn one. You, God, there, is, there has to be another one. <laughs> that is just too freaking awesome. Yeah, the, the dialogue between them is great because um because people have to remember that like miles is still
1: a kid like not just like yeah this isn't like 16 year old peter parker he's what like 13 he's
0: young this is a kid and to have him being able to interact with the original and actually getting his approval
1: that was like oh yeah that was just so freaking awesome and then when when he said you know thanks for continue you know carrying on i was like oh yeah (laughs) and and even again like you're saying the light things when miles does his
0: little joke and parker says good one (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah no the beginning to end was awesome the end and he did leave it open now this is something that they talked about as well what was that was that during comic-con i believe it was when they talked about like that that portal is kind of still there it's they've got that there that they can use if they want to so you
1: know, tony's cl- going to crack it open at some point
0: <laughs> yeah really because he wants to but okay in terms of again just what made this work versus the the what they tried to do with the epic avx and is it that you feel that this was handled better because it was more personable because of the characters meant more does because the dialogue was better because it was tighter what is it that AVX did
1: not have or did wrong then? Focus, like you said, this even even though it had you know a number of characters, two different Spider Men, Nick Fury, Aunt May, Mysterio, all this stuff going on, it never forgot what it was trying to do. And I don't know if AVX ever knew <laughs> what it was trying to do, let alone forgot it. Okay.
0: Is there any way that you can look at AVX? and using your writer's brain think of a way that you could have made it work actually
1: i said i i think they were onto something with the whole iron fist tie-in and that 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 to me would have been an avenue well worth exploring instead of you know the phoenix five and all the shenanigans they went through with that okay because when i look at it i
0: i would literally have to take it right back to concept
1: oh yeah and whether it was something
0: like what you said perhaps or something else but it would literally be a max six issue thing with 12 issues. My God, that was maybe a couple of tie-ins here and there. None of the AVX versus stupidity. If you're going to do it and you want it to be serious, then do it and make it actually matter, especially if it's going to affect Canon. Um, But there's a lot of things that I would have taken this back to like storyboarding and like really brought it back down
1: to, bare bones concept and then grown it incrementally from there There's there's a reason none of these big comic events have really worked i mean this entire era both marvel and dc and it's because they always keep trying to make it bigger than it needs to be i mean i understand why because the bigger you make the story the more sales you're going to get but of course the bigger you make it you, you lose that focus and it Everything from Civil War, you know, secret. They all forgot what they were trying to do somewhere along the line. And by the end, it was a mess.
0: Yeah. OK, let's move on to there from there into just briefly what we've been reading. I'm only going to touch on one because we've been talking so damn long. And uh, the one that I actually wanted to talk about was Borderlands Origins. Really? Um, from IDW. And it's by written by Mickey Newman. And the art is by Agustin Bad. Pad Padilla, 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 whatever. Um This is the story of Roland, which if you're not a huge Borderlands fan, there's the first one came out a few years back. The second one just came out. Um, They're doing origin stories on the original characters from the first Borderlands uh, and it's going to help people relate to it who are now playing the second one who have no concept of who those original characters were because they're still in the game kind of thing. Um, Roland is a soldier kind of uh, character. And so here you have a soldier's story in a post-apocalyptic type of world kind of thing that's ruled by gun manufacturers and whatnot. So nothing in here is out of the ordinary for what you would expect from that type of story, and especially not out of the ordinary in terms of a Borderlands story, which if you've ever played Borderlands, if anything is bat poo crazy, (laughs) it's Borderlands and their stories. But that said, it was still Fun to read. I, I don't know that everybody would enjoy it as much as I did, or somebody who's played Borderlands and really loved the game and those stories. I don't know that necessarily everybody would enjoy it as much, but having played the first one, playing through the second one now, and loving the stories and how quirky they are. This was a lot of fun. I actually enjoyed it. The art is amazing. The color especially is so bloody vibrant. It's unbelievable. It kind of has a similar feel to the Borderlands games, even kind of in the the art style to a certain degree. I really enjoyed this a
1: lot, actually. Hmm. I'm going to check that one out. Okay, so what have you got? Uh, first of all, Punisher. Uh, issue 16 came out a week or two ago, and it, it's actually the final issue in the regular Punisher comic. Uh, and then we have Warzone, which I know we're both looking forward to. Uh, and then that's kind of R- Ruka's done. Like, he He's done with Punisher. He's actually done with Marvel. Uh, and that's a whole story to get into, but it, Punisher, I've really been enjoying Ruka's work with Punisher because I, it's it's the Punisher I want to read. It's not the Punisher. Like we, like we said, this is reason it doesn't sell very well at all because it's not Frank Castle with you know double-fisting machine guns blowing away. It's it's not a mass market type of story, but it really works for me because good damn good one. yeah. And the way he ended the story between uh, Frank and uh, Alves was just just brilliant. Shows the depth to the character in the Punisher that 90% of the people who have written him have never gotten and it was just fantastic and then uh, also quickly x factor um been one of my favorite marvel comics for ages because peter david just kind of runs wild he's really long form type writer he has all these different plot threads going on at one time kind of like we saw with uh, hickman on fantastic 4 with you know just so many things going on he picks them up he puts them down everything's going somewhere And Marvel's actually been really good with X-Factor, not making David uh, really participate in all the crossovers. You know, a couple issues here and there. And you read interviews with him, and it's great. He's like, oh, is is X-Factor going to be participating in AVX? And he's like, if I think there's a good story to tell there, yes. Otherwise, no. He's a story writer, not an event writer. But, of course, with Marvel now, he kind of has to play ball. You know, with the relaunch going on, some of his characters are moving on to more important things. Case in point, Havoc. So he's uh, – X-Factor is doing a uh, five-issue story called Breaking Points, and they're coming out pretty rapid fire, like every two or three weeks, and it takes place over five consecutive days, and it really shows where he was going with all these characters, and it kind of had to truncate their stories a bit to to finish them off Before the characters had to move on instead of leaving all these plot threads dangling for years, decades, maybe even ever if he never has a chance. And it really makes me wish I could have seen him play out these stories in the amount of time he wanted to because there's some really interesting stuff going on here with these characters he's been working with for years now.
0: And see, that's something that a lot of people don't take into consideration when they think of these massive events as well. Not all the writers necessarily want to play ball or think that this is a good idea Mm -hmm. even. And they certainly don't want this affecting their characters that they may have spent years developing. And now all of a sudden it's completely out of their hands.
1: Yeah, that's... that's too bad. That's why Ruka is leaving Marvel. I Marvel wanted to do something with Punisher that Ruka didn't want to do, and it kind of made him realize why should he, he put all this time and effort into a character that ultimately he has no control over. So that's why he's leaving Marvel, going to focus a lot more on his own stuff, where if he wants to write a, you know, not, obviously not Punisher, but a great story, he has all the freedom he wants to write that story without somebody telling him, yeah, by the way, we need him for our big crossover in a month
0: yeah yeah definitely okay anything else uh, that's good enough all right let's talk about what's coming out this week today as a matter of fact on the marvel side we've got avengers number 31 avenging spider-man number 13 do you know who's going to be in that one I, isn't it part two of the
1: deadpool one? Oh god i hope not i think it is
0: because I, uh, I looked
1: at it last night yeah it's part
0: two of the deadpool one i'm not even reading it then sorry not gonna happen uh <laughs> AVX
1: Consequences, number one. This is where we're going to get the fallout now uh, from the AVX ending. Uh, Which, in in traditional Marvel style compared to previous events, is probably going to be better than the actual event. Uh, Fantastic Four, number 611. First X-Men, number three.
0: Marvel Universe's versus the Avengers, number one of four, which we... Mentioned, mr jonathan mayberry oh dude i cannot wait to read that Uh, secret avengers number 32 space punisher number four ultimate comics x-men number 17 we've both been digging that uncanny avengers there's your first of the new series number one wolverine 314 wolverine in the x-men number 18 and x-men number 37 On the DC side, we've got some number 13s. We've got Batgirl, Batman, Batman and Robin, Deathstroke, Demon Knights, Frankenstein, Agent of Shade, Green Lantern Corps, Grifter, Suicide Squad, and Superboy. And then we've got the new number ones of Team 7, Phantom Stranger. I put it in there just because this is number one. They're starting, may as well put it in. And then we've got number two of Before Watchmen, Dr. Manhattan, which I kind of gave up on as well. Uh, in terms of other ones, we've got, and I put this one for you, Yay. Robots and describe in a disguise. I mean Transformers number ten, and that's from IDW. Are you still reading uh, Morning Glories?
1: I I pulled the plug. It,
0: oh, okay. it was right.
1: it was going way too lost for me, where it was establishing way too many you know fun little things and not resolving any of it, so I gave up.
0: Okay, well, number 22's out. I won't bother putting them in anymore then. That's on the image side. And then a couple of new interesting ones that I at least thought. I See, I grew up watching MacGyver. and I want to read this. <laughs> loved the crap out of MacGyver. When you were a young man, a young boy, re- watching MacGyver who could make anything, escape from anything with freaking toothpicks, then... The comic books are fun as well. And this is Fugitive Gauntlet number one. And of course, typical fashion, he's got to kind of save somebody, help somebody, and he gets in trouble. It looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And then we've got another one that looked interesting. And again, from Image, and this is uh, Point of Impact number one of four. And it's a, basically a detective kind of story. And it looks like it's going to be fairly
1: interesting. I, yeah. I'm looking forward to I reading I actually this. picked that as one of my top five for this week. Yeah, so that should be fun to read. Yeah. All right. Anything else that I missed that you were picking up? That sounds perfectly good to me.
0: Good enough. So with that, we're actually going to call it a wrap, a little bit longer episode. But, of course, I knew that it would take a little All bit longer. All of your episodes a, are. That, that, see, that's not fair. That's what? It's what are you accurate. implying? There?
1: What are you fair implying? or not, it's accurate. I hate you. Um, you so that's going to wrap up. You get what? to host so so you know little that when you finally do get your chance, you want to talk about so much in one episode. <laughs> Well, it's not just that. You don't let me get enough in
0: when you're hosting. you got to be the big man and do all the talking, so i, I got to get my say in every once in a while. So there, mister. Alright, so with that, we're actually going to call it a wrap. Make sure to check us out on Twitter at Informer, and of course, the site is comicbookinformer.com, and with that, we'll see you guys next week. Ta-da! It wasn't that much longer.
1: It's five after six
0: yes but we started a little late yes we started quite a bit late because we were talking about all the other stuff <laughs> you will see it's actually not that bad I don't even think we're going to hit 45 minutes we'll see <laughs> uh, you don't believe it
1: <laughs> I'm sure you can edit it down to 45 minutes <laughs> all right, all right. I'm going to take a, oh this is just Vince talking it's, and it's coming a huge in at chunks 44 of 44.59 I can see it now <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> like didn't we talk about nope <laughs> nope I don't know what you're talking about alright intro wow that's not even close what's that, the that point was the mortal combat music no it wasn't <laughs> yes it was no it wasn't <inaudible>
0: because... see watch you can't you can't even hear this can you no oh <laughs>
1: I don't have virtual cables anymore so like can I, I you Skype. go edit this play the freaking Mortal Kombat song it's not it's this I'm telling you Where are we? I'm gonna link you the Mortal Kombat music when we're done with this
0: heard Mortal Kombat Christ I've been gaming longer than you have alright shut up it's hard to start without the music that's the thing.